0: I'm Laura Dodsworth. I'm an artist and a photographer. Um, I have spent the last five years photographing and interviewing 300 women and men about the taboo parts of their body. My new book's called Womanhood, the Bare Reality.
1: And I had the pleasure of receiving the book and we both opened the book in public places.
0: <laughs> and we've talked very many people around us. Did you really? That's great. I mean, I think that's great. If you got out in a public place and people are talking to you about it.
1: No one dared talk, but they were <laughs> they were definitely interested. I was I was 10% more interesting <laughs> in that on that journey. Tell us tell us what the book's about.
0: Okay, so it's a collection of photographs and stories with a hundred women about their vulva. And their vagina And um, being a woman So I photographed Women's vulvas And also took a photograph Of them from the front And then I asked them All kinds of questions About their vulva And their experience of it And what kind of role It's played in their lives As women God that's such an interesting
1: It is That's it's, such an interesting question If someone asked you that What would you say?
0: It,
2: I What What role it plays? I I, I don't know. I mean, well, for me, a a large, substantial, monetary one. But one of the things that I, I love, because you also, you were part of the documentary 100 Vaginas on Channel 4 recently. And one of the things that you're saying is you took a picture of 100 vulvas. Uh, and one of the things that happened was there was a massive Twitter storm because some bloke it mansplained that it was 100 vaginas instead, didn't he?
0: That went huge. That just travelled around the world. I mean, in one sense, it's great. I feel like it gave the whole project lots of oxygen. On the other hand, it felt a bit like stale man breath. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> I was going to ask, was he a plant? <laughs> no, no, he almost could have been paid by Channel Four, couldn't he? But yeah I, I believe he's completely random, just one of one of the many uh, mansplains on Twitter. But it is interesting because, yes, the documentary Hundred Vaginas is based on on my project Womanhood. So, Womanhood um, is a collection of photographs into the hundred women, and eighteen of them are in the film. And I didn't think it should be called 100 vaginas because I photographed 100 vulvas mm. but the women do talk about their vulvas and their vaginas so there's this whole twitter storm about is it a vagina is it a vulva and then the film's announced with the title 100 vaginas <laughs> and I was absolutely dreading that he would resurface and go ha see I told you um, but I think he's gone very quiet now on twitter well, he's
1: busy now busy boy <laughs> what were, why what were the three reasons behind you creating womanhood because I thought they were very interesting
0: yeah, well, it's it's kind of a culmination of a long project for me, actually. I have now photographed and interviewed over 300 women and men over five years about the taboo parts of their bodies. I didn't actually think I'd do womanhood because my first project was about breasts. I photographed and interviewed 100 women about their breasts and their role in their lives as women. And I thought, oh, I've done women's stories. I've done it. I don't need to do anymore. And I realized, actually, I was batting away quite a lot of internal self censorship. So there were three stories in a very short space. So I never thought I'd do womanhood. I I really thought I'd explored women's stories through bare reality. But there were three stories I heard about in the short space of time. And it's like a a switch just flicked in me. First of all, I heard about FGM happening here in the UK. And I just felt sickened, to be honest. There are 200 million women and girls around the world who've endured female genital mutilation, which is probably the most brutal and cruel violence you can imagine being inflicted upon a woman's vulva so that made me just think a bit more deeply about whether I should do this project and then the next thing was I heard about how labioplasty is the world's fastest growing cosmetic surgery and right here in the UK according to a BBC report girls as young as nine have been asking their doctors for it No, yeah and a voice in me just kind of rose up and went no just no Mm. how how have we got to a situation where there are so many images of vulvas on the internet you know vulvas aren't radical you can you can google and you'll find many pictures but what you're going to find is a very kind of barbie porn perfect pussy basically um and then the third thing was I came across this health leaflet and it described a vagina as a front hole and I felt really angry because I thought it's not a hole it's not the front one it's the middle one and there's no equivalence with the back hole everything about that description irritated me um, after manhood, I was described as a champion for men and penises, and I thought, "That's it. I've, <laughs> I've got to do this." As a, as a feminist, what am I doing here? I've got to do the same thing for women, and I'm so glad I did because I feel like it's the most meaningful project. It's the one that's got the biggest stuff in it, to be honest, out of the three. Mm. You said it changed
1: you. Actually, How, in what way?
0: Yeah, it has changed me. I mean, I got so many ways. Um, I think that one of my big learnings from photographing and interviewing 300 women and men about the taboo parts of their bodies is how much shame holds us all down. Shame really holds all human beings down, but I think shame is very specifically utilised to hold women down. Time and again I hear about how women felt ashamed about their vulva and their vagina at some point, whether it was hearing boys in the playground talking about fishy vaginas, or a boy being a young man, I say, boy, a young man being a, um, uncomfortable with giving moral sex, Or just that, you know, that long walk of shame through a supermarket aisle, which is filled with feminine hygiene products. From slut shaming to a lot of internet porn to FGM, I think think women are shamed. Um, I feel like the process of talking to the hundred women has helped me let go of a lot of shame. And that has made me feel not just more comfortable in my skin as a woman, but more powerful. I also tapped into anger in some ways quite deeply for the first time because while there's a lot of funny and sexy and juicy and inspiring stories in womanhood, there are also some quite dark stories about assault and rape and childhood grooming. It just felt endemic. It felt endemic. So many women had a a story that felt unexpected about assault or sexual harassment. I felt really angry on behalf of those women. I think that understanding the scale of what goes on is very important for us to all know. Otherwise, there can't be change. Um, this feels very timely in the wake of Me Too for me. And I think the combination of those two things, feeling a little bit angry and really letting go of shame, also helped me tap into my sexuality in new ways. like womanhood finished and I set off on some very fun new adventures.
2: <laughs> so how did you get them to, to take part in this? Was it hard to try and f- to find volunteers or did women come to you?
0: It was actually pretty easy. I think it helps that it was my third book. Um, So there's some trust. People could see where I'm going to go with it. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a really serious appetite for this. Women seem to really want to do this big reveal, not show their vulva to the world, but in a sense it's about looking at themselves, I felt, and really bringing their stories out into the open. Um, Men can see their own penises pretty easily. But women can't see themselves easily. And I, I think there was a really big reveal in the project. I think we women looking at ourselves, I felt like that. I felt like that. Looking at my own photograph on the screen brought a lot up for me. Yeah, because you, you, you did your own vulva, didn't you? Absolutely. I'm in it. I'm not one of these ironic, detached artists. So I wouldn't ask somebody to do something unless I was going to do it myself. And I tested my whole lighting Setup up and methodology on me so i took my own picture lots of times actually <laughs> yeah and it's it was quite interesting for me to go through that process
2: what did it reveal what did you what did you when you saw that on the screen what were you thinking i
0: thought there was a lot going on i mean mm. you're looking at looking at your photograph professionally taken properly lit on a big mac screen is very different to looking with a pocket mirror and a torch in your bathroom <laughs> um it was, it was illuminating it was illuminating Do you know what? Um, I've always been quite self-conscious about an episiotomy scar. So that's the scar that was given, a cut that was given to me when I gave birth to help the baby come out more easily. Oh, yeah. In my head, it was huge. When I felt it, it felt huge. And I've always been worried about what people think about it, whether I'm kind of like marked, like I'm so unsuccessful at giving birth. My vagina let me down. Is it ugly? Will I not be tight enough? I've had all these insecurities about it. And when I looked at it on the screen, I thought, I don't even know it's there. I mean, I can't even see it. Oh, it's this yeah. tiny, tiny, little pink mark. And I realized I'd been hanging on to shame. I'd been hanging on to um, a lack of self-worth. I'd been hanging on to traumatic memories. I felt as though my vulva was a landscape yeah. that was almost foreign to me. And it's like I had to learn new routes through it. Lots of memories came up for me. Light birth, lots of memories came up. And I felt like I learned my way around my body
1: all over again we really want to hear this story so there are stories of um like you say it's pleasure sex pain trauma birth motherhood all of those but before we do can I ask quickly about um when you did manhood were you surprised that what you were learning about men in the way you were about what you were learning about women were men as open were the revelations as open (laughs)
0: honest I mean actually what surprised me most about that project was how open men were that's one of my big learnings that actually inviting men into a safe and anonymous space to talk about being a man was an incredibly soft vulnerable thing um it was a very interesting year for me I was going through divorce and I had plenty of reasons to go off men that year and actually I found myself kind of falling in love with men I thought it was it was a really beautiful experience. Men shared things with me. They said they'd never told anybody—lover, friend, therapist—and mm. that was really an immense privilege. I think. I think the most revealing thing for that in me was the vulnerability of men. It was. It was really, really touching. I felt. Uh, I felt. I feel like there's a, a key difference between men and women. Men. Men shame all seems to be about being enough. You know, are men big enough? That's penis and overall tough enough rich enough are they laid enough are they successful enough are they man enough and i think that women worry about being too much oh my god that's so brilliant yeah mm. too leaky god there's so many places we leak from us females too hairy too bossy <gasps> occupying too much space and so our shame is kind of quite different and um, the vulva has a very special disgust and hatred reserved for it you know there's no body part as loved and lusted after, but also hated and feared. Whereas penises have a very special kind of ridicule reserved for them. So both projects were very revealing, but in different ways. I think men and women both have shame, both have challenges, but they are a bit different. In womanhood,
1: there's, so yeah, so you described it, there's kind of a full frontal photo and then a close-up of the vaginas and the vulvas, and then words from the women. So you interviewed them. Um, some of the headlines, Miranda, I was recognised from Reader's Wives. <laughs> that's fantastic um um as a black woman porn makes me feel uncomfortable what tell us more about that story i
0: was quite interested to talk to i mean i, I really want the projects to be diverse and inclusive and i try and get as good an ethnic mix as i can very interesting talking to black women about the intersection between race and sexuality actually that comes up in manhood talking to men as well i think this woman felt that black women are treated differently in mainstream internet porn to white women black women and white women are given a different representation she talked about how she feels that black women are treated in a especially racist way and kind of like animals it's more degrading and that impacts on as a woman not only in all the normal ways you know she thought maybe her labia were wrong and she couldn't believe that sex is supposed to be like that. But she also had a different message about being a black woman.
2: So fascinating.
1: It isn't is.
0: It? When you were taking the pictures, um, because one of the things that I
2: noticed having a, having a flick through was um, the women were speaking, the women were talking as if uh, like they were seeing the picture. So when you were doing the pictures, was it that you'd sit them down and show them the vulva on the screen and then they'd, you'd start the interview and you'd start chatting to them.
0: Yeah, basically that is what happened. I mean, we'd always start off with a chat, get to know each other a little bit, then I'd take their photographs. Um, I think it's important to do that first because otherwise it would be kind of hanging over some people's heads. So we take the pictures and then I'd always ask the women if they want to have a look. Now, not all women wanted to look. Some just didn't want to, and some said they'd rather wait till they see it in the book with their story. And I'd always ask every woman how she felt about the picture and so sometimes that forms part of the story depending on on what she said about it. Yeah
2: that's going to be like a massively interesting part especially when you compare the ones from the people who didn't want to see it or the ones yeah. who wanted to see it in the book and and the ones like I think it was just one of the first ones where where she she literally had seen it for the first time.
0: Yeah there were women who we have never seen themselves before. This is a special
1: kind of therapy that you've tapped into. Yeah, definitely. Vulva
0: therapy. Vulva therapy. Kind of. I mean, I think it is in a way. But I think talking, you know, sharing our stories is cathartic in itself, Mm. isn't it? And then you combine Mm -hmm. that with this very definitive part of the body and it's all extra potent. I've
2: got one more question for you because um, I'm a bit worried because you've done boobs, you've done the penis. Don't ask it. Don't go, go there, Miranda.
0: Don't. Oh, show oh, some respect. What's next? I am actually <laughs> planning to work on a project that also uses the body as a starting point for a conversation about our lives, but it's not going to be a taboo part uh-huh. of the body. I, I don't want to say what that is yet. It's not announced yet. Womanhood is going to take me into my next terrain very, very neatly. Um, It's not gonna be about body parts, but I'd like to think I'm gonna raise the bar on taboos and honesty i'm really i'm really excited about where all this will go but if you're gonna ask me if it's bomb holes, it's not
2: <laughs> well i was, I was gonna say because if you need a couple of assholes me and bb are always available <laughs> that's uh take our portrait neither of you can afford me
1: um <laughs> womanhood the bare reality uh published by pinter and martin is out now thank you so much for joining us that is absolutely fascinating. oh thanks for having
0: me thank you